Fearscape Media Network. Exploring the unknown, one podcast at a time. Good evening, dear friends. I am your headmister, Stefan Gearhart. And I am your co-mister, the man with no name, Lance Wayne. And we are the Misters of the Dark. Join us as we discuss everything from horror books, films, and even pretty princesses. (laughs) Join us every other Tuesday in our dilapidated mansion. You never know what's going to happen next. Only on the Fearscape Media Network. (laughs) That's a good laugh. Ghosts in the Attic's Bodies in the Basements may contain graphic, violent, vulgar, or explicit content not suitable for all listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back to Ghosts in the Attics, Bodies in the Basement. It's Lindsay, and Happy New Year! We made it. We survived yet another crazy year. And um, I hope that you all had a very safe celebration. Um, it was At this point now, Christmas and New Year has passed since we were last here on this podcast. Um, Christmas, we ended up going to my in-law's house and just hung out there. It was It was nice. We had some delicious food. Santa found us to give the kids their presents and just, yeah, it was, it was a pretty good time. And then for New Year's, we met up with my brother-in-law and my husband's cousins and a couple other other people. And we spent the weekend hanging out and camping at our RV, uh, doing some hunting. I didn't, but my husband and one of my kids did. And uh, yeah, it, that was a great time as well. It was really fun and enjoyable. And um, other than my dogs being jerks and running away at our campsite, that happens all the time, though, because there's some goats nearby. And my dogs do not like the goats. But anyways, but um, on New Year's Eve is actually really funny. We actually all went to bed. I think the only ones who actually saw midnight was my husband, his cousin, and maybe my youngest kid. (laughs) Because she does not like to sleep at night, especially when we're camping. She's like all about staying up and seeing the campfire and stuff. So, like, literally everyone else passed out by, like, 10, 30, 11 o'clock. But, yeah. And as far as the year itself goes, because you know how it is at the end of a year and the start of a new one, you kind of reflect back. Um, For me, personally, 2022 definitely was better than 2021. But but it had its own sets of challenges, which some of you all witnessed right here on the show. And the best way I can sum up my 2022 as we enter into 2023 is with two Fletcher songs. One, I Think I'm Growing, and the other, For Carrie. 
And let me tell you, I first listened to Fletcher when Blake, yeah, like the same Blake from the Midnight's episode. Go listen to that if you haven't already. I'm pretty proud of that episode. But anyways, he recommended the song for Carrie for me. And first and foremost, I cried the very first time I heard it because I cry at everything. And that song really just hit home. Um, I'm not sure if I've ever really talked about it on here. I feel like it's probably come up in conversation but I am a recovering people pleaser who has greatly struggled with boundaries. And it's really taken a lot for me to get to where I am today, which is that I, someone who still struggles with saying no and taking care of myself and not burning myself out to light other people worlds or whatever the phrase is. But um, I am more aware of it now and I am trying to do better. And so to hear this song that I've never heard of before, say and I'm done losing sleep over things I can't be and I've pleased everybody so this one's for me Ugh, it hit me right in my soul and so like immediately after I heard that song I wanted to check out her other songs and I went to the album on YouTube music and uh, my intention was listen to listen to the whole album and what I ended up doing instead is I, I my eyes were drawn to a title called I think I'm growing and so I clicked on that, and the whole song is amazing. It's My only complaint is that it should definitely be longer than it is because it just does not last long enough. But I love the musical, um, I guess, I don't know what you call it, like the buildup. And uh, it gives me chills every time. It's a very chills-inducing song. But then the part that was like an awakening for me was um the song starts out saying that she has to hang out with herself which I feel like that was a lot of my 2022 was having to just spend time with myself within my own brain and the song says uh I saw the parts I didn't like so insecure so quick to fight I didn't know I was so codependent I didn't know I had so much resentment Ooh boy that, that line was like a slap in the face like I didn't know I was so codependent I didn't know I had so much resentment because, like, and it wasn't until I heard that line that I realized it applied to me, if that makes any sense to you guys. Um, but, uh, yeah. And you all know I could do an entire episode dissecting Taylor Swift's Midnight's album and how it related to me and what it did for me in 2022, but... This isn't, as of yet, anyways, a Taylor Swift podcast, and so I won't do that. Just know that it also hit me right in my soul. And um, all of that to say, I am here, I am ready for 2023, and may 2023 be kinder to us all. And I don't know if y'all have seen that trend on TikTok, but let's just all say this together at the start of this year. I am so lucky that everything is going my way. We're going to manifest and believe that in 2023, it's going to be a great year. You heard it here. We're manifesting it. But I can't talk about it being 2023 without talking about 23. It is the year of the number 23. I know I said that last episode. I'm going to say it again, and I'll probably say it several more times this year as the number 23 continues to pop up other than in just the year on the date. But, um... So obviously, leading up to New Year's, my sisters and I had a conversation about the year of the number 23, 
And it started with my older sister, Jennifer, going, it's all of our 23rd year. Everyone. And my younger sister, Laura, said, literally, what can that even mean for our lives? With that emoji that's, like, showing its teeth, like, like, ugh. And then she added, or it will be the luckiest year yet. 23 will decide. I said, I'm hoping lucky, but only 23 knows. By combining this conversation that I have with my sisters and that TikTok trend from before, we're going to believe that the number 23 will be kind to us. This is going to be our luckiest year yet. And honestly, who couldn't go for that? I know I could really use that after the last several years. But um, also, I just have to say that this episode comes out on January 6th of 2023. And 6 is 2 times 3, 23. There you have it, folks. It's already happening. And if you've somehow just recently stumbled onto this podcast and you have absolutely no idea what I'm talking about here, I am referencing the 23 Enigma. To summarize, the 23 Enigma is the idea that everything links to the number 23. Yes, like in the movie, the number 23 with Jim Carrey. Go watch that. That is an amazing movie. I love Jim Carrey. And um, I've got to say, have I not proved to you that the 23 Enigma is true? Um, for real, though. I did do an entire episode on the 23rd Enigma back in November. So if you want to go to our back catalog and you can check that out if you want more details, like in an entire episode of me sounding absolutely insane, telling you all about how everything boils down to the number 23. But believe it or not, all of this actually does bring me to today's topic. Before I even get into that, actually, before I even get into the topic, um, Y'all may have noticed that the last couple of months, I've really been focusing more on the paranormal side. And the truth is, it's just because sometimes I struggle with true crime. I think that's something a lot of people who listen to true crime and consume true crime content can agree with. It is a very heavy topic. And I feel like we've always emphasized that here on GABB. And while true crime content is, I guess you could say, like, trendy... I believe most people realize it's not entertainment because it's real people. It's real lives and there's real victims. There's real family members left behind real community um, communities that are affected, you know? And uh, for me personally, at least I, and I know I've said this before on the show, I feel true crime is like a morbid curiosity to try to make sense of something in life that simply does not make sense. And as more time passes, I struggle with the idea of with the idea that I could be a part of something that's a rather problematic content industry because there are creators out there and I don't have any per se in mind. I'm not like trying to call anybody in particular out. I'm just stating I know it's a thing that happens. But there are like creators who handle it very callously and cold or um, like it's just like the latest episode of a show of Law and Order SVU or Criminal Minds instead of real people. And I hope y'all don't ever think that I've approached true crime that way. And if I have, I would love for you to reach out to me on social media or or email gabbpodcast at gmail.com and like let me know so that way I can learn and try to grow from that. But because of that... And ever since I've been doing the podcast solo, uh, true crime just feels like too much. I'm sure you all may have picked up on that a little bit because back 
before we were so adamant to talk about the Gabby Petito case while it was happening in real time in hopes that somehow our speaking into this void helped get information out to somebody who may have information that could help the case. And, um, and, and yet meanwhile here now, I've never once mentioned another current event, like the tragic Idaho murders that have been going on right now. And um, it's all just heavy. I'm certain you all understand that. So just bear with me while I uh, kind of deal with that. Because I, I actually was going to make this episode more true crime related. Because I know that that is a big part of our audience. Is people who enjoy true crime. Not just the paranormal stuff. Although like you guys seem to have stuck out with me so far. But then I came across a few topics. And then it just, ugh, it just seemed like too much. And... Um, and so, like, one of the big ones that I really wanted to mention, even though I will not be covering it at this moment just because I don't want to poorly cover it, this would be something that would deserve um, a lot more detail and research. And with how heavy true crime is to me right now, I it would not be good for me to do this. But I did want to give a mention to it so that way you all can go do your own research into it and I'll even have a link in the show notes to the Wikipedia page and that is that this week the first week of January is actually the 100 year anniversary of the Rosewood Massacre of 1923 um it uh, like I said the link will be in the show notes but um it's a very tragic event and um horrific really and it was racially motivated and it's just absolutely awful but deserves recognition and so I definitely wanted to bring that up and I highly recommend you all go do your own research on that case and um so yeah that brings me to our current topic like I said I tried to do a true crime I even wanted to do a true crime case that took place specifically in 1923 just because like that was the last year of the 23 or whatever and that's when I started thinking about the Rosewood Massacre and just didn't have it in me. So forgive me for picking yet another paranormal-like story. Although I guess this one isn't really necessarily paranormal. It's more like mystery that leads to other things. And like, I guess you could say like it's paranormal-ish. But um, if you don't get that, that is my first book's name. My book that came out in, um, what was it, 2015. And also it's apparently a podcast on iHeartRadio, I think it is. I recently came across that when I was searching something. I looked up Paranormalish, like my book on Amazon, because I was trying to remember what day I released it. I found a podcast called Paranormalish, and I actually reached out to the guy um, to let him know. Like I thought that was a fun little synchronicity. But anyways, anyways, I digress. Uh, but today, I'm going to tell you about how the last year of the number 23 saw an entire town in Brazil disappear. This is the disappearance of Howard Verde, Brazil. In 1923, the village of Howard Verde, Brazil just disappeared with all 600 residents with just a few clues left behind to what happened. And I actually found this really neat website that I'll be reading from that dives into all of the different theories surrounding the mystery as well as the final truth behind it. And I'm not going to lie, when I was reading it, I did not see that what the truth was coming. So maybe this will be a nice, nice little fun deep dive for you all as well. The website is called Fact, Factscology. 
And as always, the link will be in the show notes. And my apologies to you guys if I said the website wrong. But let's get started. It says, Every year, millions of people disappear throughout the world. In an age of technology, many can still disappear without a trace. But what about back when we didn't carry a computer in our pockets? Back when whole towns could disappear? That's what happened to one town in Brazil in 1923 when it was discovered that the town of Howard Verde and its 600 residents disappeared seemingly overnight, if it was ever really there to begin with. A small town of 600 in Brazil that without warning disappeared, leaving a few eerie clues behind and many theories. We'll learn the legend and then go through theories separating fact from a whole lot of fiction, and I'm proud to say we got to the bottom of it. Like, that really just draws you in, doesn't it? And so it starts with the legend of Howard Verde, Brazil. On February 5th, 1923, villagers of a small town near the jungles of Brazil noticed the usual daily shipment of trade from the neighboring town of Howard Verde didn't arrive. It was unusual for the boat to be late and even stranger for it to not come at all, but the villagers waited, expecting a good reason for the delay. But the reason and the boat never came. The villagers suspected there must be something wrong, possibly with the actual boat at with the actual boat at Howard Verde, so they took it upon themselves to bring their trade items to them instead. They expected a friendly greeting at the small dock as it was customary between the two villages, but instead, as they approached, they could see a small trade boat undamaged. It was still tied down. The calmness of its bobbing deceived the visitors of the horrors they would find. The visitors reached the dock, immediately noting the typically manned dock was empty, and the town itself seemed quiet. Where the usual bustling sounds of the villagers talking and laughing filled the air, all they heard now was the eerie wind passing through a dead town. They walked further into the silent town, expecting someone, anyone, to be around. And yet what they found were hanging signs creaking with the wind. Homes with their doors and windows open and tables set as if everyone left in a hurry. Their tour brought them to the school, where the mystery took a terrifying turn. Just outside the school, on the dirt ground, was a pistol, the smell of a fresh fire still lingering on its metal, and on the chalkboard within the school, they were met with the phrase written on the board that would haunt them to the end of their days. There is no salvation. Ugh. Creepy! And so now, with this legend, comes a lot of theories. One of those series is actually what this website states as the most bizarre theory floating around in regards to this village. And it states that 600 residents of Howard Verde were swallowed by a black hole, taking them all to the fourth dimension. Okay, regardless of the thoughts on the dimensions, says, but black holes we can debunk. Black holes are defined as a place in space where gravity's pull is so strong that nothing, not even light, can escape. If a black hole opened up in Howard Verde, Brazil, then it wouldn't have just taken the residents of the town. The entire town, and possibly the entire planet, would have been pulled in by the extreme gravitational pull of the black hole. Which, I feel that checks out. I don't know much about space, but I have watched a whole hell of a lot of Star Trek Black holes, yeah, no. Another theory, I'm sure we could all guess, aliens. Which is a pretty common scapegoat for strange occurrences. Or is it, right? I guess. But as far as the aliens theory goes, it says, never has there been a mass abduction of people by aliens. Also, the other village would definitely have seen or reported a large alien spacecraft taking 600 people. And I agree with that. I, it doesn't really necessarily say how close the villages were. If it did, I don't remember. 
but they were neighboring and they were close enough to be able to go check out the trade to trade regularly and to go check it out when they didn't come themselves. And so I definitely agree. They would have known if something major like that was up. Another theory that's a little bit more in the realm of ordinary is um, evacuation. It says that the website says that they believe it's more plausible because during the late 19th and early 20th centuries, Brazil was going through several revolutions. A new president was elected in 1922 named Artur da Silva Bernardes, I'm so sorry, who was facing challenges from both sides of the political aisle. The legend of Howard Verde would have you believed that revolutionaries were going from town to town, kidnapping, moving, and killing people randomly in Brazil. But in reality, the steps revolutionaries took were pretty well documented. The villagers disappeared in 1923, and there are no recorded revolts in that year. There is one in 1922 and one in 1924. Many repeated versions of the legend state that there was a civil war going on in Brazil, and that displaced many people, but there was no civil war in 1923. The Brazilian Revolution did not occur until 1930, and the Constitutionalist Revolution, or what could be called the Brazilian Civil War, happened in 1932. There are also no reports of an entire village being wiped out, and if they had been moved, there are no records of 600 people being relocated anywhere in the surrounding area. And then there are the issues of the names of the towns. One town is completely nameless in the legend, while Howard Verde is a rather strange name for a village or town in Brazil. For one, Verde translates to green from Portuguese to English, but Howard is not a word in Portuguese. Which, let me just say, before I read all this, I try to look up how to pronounce it. And they're absolutely right. It's not a word in Portuguese. I could not find a pronunciation, so I'm just winging it here. But, um, oh, it actually does seem to be a Dutch word, which is a derogatory word for sex workers. So my apologies. I guess I should have read that sentence. I must have missed that before. <laughs> Second, the legend states that the towns have been forgotten to time, but I was not able to find multiple lists of towns and villages dating back to the 16th century in Brazil. No name comes close to Howard Verde except, except Our Preto, which translates to black gold and its history for it goes back to 1698. So it says, are you ready for this? It's starting to look like this legend is nothing more than a made up story. I really didn't see that coming, which I guess I should have, but I do tend to believe more paranormal things, obviously, hence why I host a paranormal podcast. And so that was like a plot twist to me to get there. And um, so, yes, it is a made up story. What I really liked about this website, which is why I picked this to be the topic, is that they went into the investigation they did to prove it's made up. And that is just a... Y'all know that while I believe in the paranormal, I do also have a level of skepticism for, like, some things do have an explanation. Some things don't, but some things do have a real actual explanation, and I love that they broke it down like this to back up why it's just a made-up story and not some weird legend of people disappearing, being abducted by aliens, or what have you. So it says... It's pretty clear that, this, that the legend of Howard Verde is made up, but in order to prove it's made up, we need to find its origins, otherwise there can always be shades of doubt casted. Unfortunately, this story is so obscure that it is hard to find any sources right off the bat. There's no Wikipedia page, Britannica page, or Snopes page, and the story has gained a new life from recently appearing in the hit video game Control in 2019 and a BBC audio drama in 2020 called The Lovecraft Investigations, linking the legend to H.P. Lovecraft. 
Since then, there has been an uptick in articles mentioning Howard Verde in various lists that house other more quote-unquote credible towns or mass disappearances. For example, the colony of Roanoke in 1590, which has always been told as a disappearance story, where the word Croatoan was carved into a post, which is honestly the very first thing I thought of when I read this, so I like that they've talked about it. But in reality, there are many credible reasons since the only witness we had had for the events is John White, who left the town for three years. There has been evidence found that the colonists were more than likely killed by Native Americans or relocated and died from the harsh weather, and even evidence that they relocated and mixed in with a small Native American tribe nearby, which I think is most likely the most likely explanation since the name of the tribe was Croatoan, the same word that was carved into the post. Pretty much all of these sites listing Howard Verde ended with the source to coolinterestingstuff.com, which features an article for Howard Verde, but no sources, so I being the people on this website, hit a dead end. The real origins of Howard Verde. Luckily, after several hours of searching and finding, the story listed in a Japanese book about Brazilian folklore from 2013. I stumbled upon a forum on paradoxplaza.com from 2019 that led me to a Portuguese blog from 2016 that, after being translated, led to unexplainable.net, which appears to be the earliest instance of the story appearing in English. It was dated September 2nd, 2010, and was written by Chris Caps. I say this because I being the person writing this website, not me. I say this because the person writing the Portuguese blog actually interviewed Chris Caps years ago to find the origin of the story. Unfortunately, Chris Caps didn't remember and only recalled hearing it from a Russian newspaper article, but he didn't cite sources on his website. At least with this new information, I was able to narrow the search down and came to a 2008 forum for AR-15, which was weird enough, but it actually gave me the name of the Russian newspaper Pravda. This newspaper has a less than stellar honesty record and was the former official paper for the Communist Party of the Soviet Union. Next, I, again being the author, was able to find a Russian-English website where the Pravda newspaper's historical articles had been translated. Here I was able to search for the original articles featuring Howard Verde, and I found it. It was dated April 26, 2004 by Miklov Andre, and that's a Google name translation, so that may be inaccurate. That's what the website says, and I will just back that up. I don't know if that's accurate. The article is entitled Black Holes Devour People and features paragraphs talking about meteorites slamming into the earth with such force that it causes electrostatic levitation. This picks people up and transfers them to other parts of the world. I don't think I need to stress this, but this does not and cannot happen. The same article blames the disappearance of Roanoke on protoplasm coming from deep in the ocean and eating people, which according to Andre happens every few millennia. So you can see that's what we're dealing with here. Turns out that every paragraph in the article had multiple lies, but there it was, the paragraph of Howard Verde, and it was short. The article states, The search for 600 inhabitants for the settlement Howard Verde in Brazil, who disappeared on February 5th, 1923, was given up a long time ago. The police thoroughly examined the vacated small town. At school, they noticed a gun, which was apparently used the day before, lying on the floor in the words, There is no salvation, written on a blackboard. That was it. Since 2004, the legend grew into a game of telephone with everyone adding their own extra details and making the lie take a bigger life to the point where it appears in video games in 2019 and multiple people on the internet are questioning it while others have accepted it as truth. And then the article ends with, or the blog, whatever that you would consider this, the page ends. Oh, it's a podcast article. There we go. That's the proper word. Um, ends with the residents of Howard Verde never disappeared because they never existed. So there you have it, folks. And this is actually 
um, I forgot to mention this earlier. This was written by Hector Navarro. And there is a link on this for another podcast called Myths, Mysteries, and Monsters. So definitely go check that out. But I just thought that was really fun and um, because it mentions 1923 and it was like a bizarre story, even if it is completely made up. And uh, I just I wanted to start 2023 off with something fun and lighthearted and to do with the number 23, other than just talking more and more about the 23 Enigma. And so, yes, again, that's from Factscology. And it's a little podcast article by Hector Navarro. The link is in the show notes. And go read that and check out all of that and the other... There's other links on there for fun stuff. And don't forget to check out the Rosewood Massacre. And before I go, the Rosewood Massacre is not the only thing with an anniversary this week. um, With a sad anniversary this week. Uh, I do want to say, please, listeners, keep Anna her family, and all of the rest of us who are affected this week as we unfortunately hit the two-year anniversary of her daughter's passing. Grief is a funny thing, and as TikTok says, not funny, haha, funny, I'm gonna have a breakdown. (laughs) But sometimes the wound is fresh, like it just happened, and then there are some days where you wake up and it feels like this is some weird alternate universe that doesn't make any sense, and like, what, that happened? And then it's, it's a cycle. And um, yeah. And to be completely honest, now that I'm putting that into words, it is very possible that this week being the week that it is, is why when I tried to look up true crime, I just couldn't. It's too much. Because, because reality is just true crime is rough. It's real. But um, so yeah, any, any grief can come up anytime. But of course, hitting an anniversary is always something else. And so just keep them and us in your thoughts and prayers and vibes, meditations, whatever you do. But um, if you want to learn more about Anna's daughter's life and the ripple effect caused by losing her, Anna and I did write a book about it. Um, It's titled Uncharted Waters. And all of the money from that book goes straight to donations. Um, Just recently on her daughter's birthday, she was able to donate a lot, like, couple hundred dollars I don't remember the exact amount I know I mentioned it here on the podcast I think I did anyways um to the organization who did her organ donation and so yeah the link for that will be in the show notes as well as the resources to reach out to get help um and of course I always say it here if you or someone you know is struggling with thoughts of suicide you can get help by dialing 988 and if you click the links in the show notes there's also resources to get like chat help and you can text because like I know phone calls can suck um but yeah that is our start of 2023 everybody and so until next time listeners stay spooky bye thank you for listening to ghosts in the attics bodies in the basement a fearscape media podcast music by Stephen Temperley artwork by Laura Ramsey Find us online at fearscapemedia.com forward slash G-A-B-B podcast or on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at G-A-B-B podcast or email us G-A-B-B podcast at gmail.com. Thank you.